You're listening to Fair Game, the fair industry's premier podcast experience with your host, Robert Smith. Hey guys, welcome. Uh, my name is Robert. If you don't know me, can you raise your hand so I know who doesn't know me here? Okay, one, two, three. All right, about half of you. So um, I'm an entertainer here in the fair industry. Um, I have a couple of attractions. One is a silly fortune machine attraction, and another we've just rolling out. It's called Play with Giants. But I do marketing all the every day for my business, marketing you guys, marketing to corporate events. And so when I got asked to come do this roundtable, was very happy to come do it. I want to start by maybe taking three minutes or so and kind of give kind of my view on where marketing is going in our industry. Um, but first, I'd like to get kind of some feedback from you guys on how you market your fares. The question I've got for you, could you raise your hand if, as a human being at home on your own time, if you watch television on your own time, so maybe you watch Netflix, HBO Go, you have DVR, raise your hand if that's one of you. OK, so everybody, all right? If you're a passenger in a car, what are you typically doing when you're driving down the street? What are most, somebody raise your hand, what are you guys doing? Email, Facebook. Email, Facebook, you're doing a to-do list. So a lot of people are on their phones, okay? So the reason I ask these questions is because in our industry, the one thing that is the currency of our industry is attention. There's three types of attention that we can get after. There's overpriced attention, there's appropriately priced attention and there's underpriced attention. So consider this based on your answers on the TV thing. How many of your fares are spending more on traditional media, television, radio, newsprint and print, billboard, outdoor than they are in things like Facebook? But we've just raised our hand, right? So most fares are probably spending 60 to 70% of their ad budget on traditional. And yet when I just asked you how many of you are watching TV on your time, everybody raised their hand. So you're, we're spending huge sums of money to push our message out, and yet as human beings, we know most of us are not getting that message because when the commercial comes on, we fast forward through it on our DVRs. Here's what's happening now. My thing is, the most underpriced attention right now is Facebook ads and Instagram ads. They are the absolute best price. Well, I mean, I'm, when I run my ads, I'm getting between six and nine dollars CPM costs. And for those of you not familiar with CPM, that's your cost per thousand views. In other words, to get my message in front of a thousand people is costing me between six and nine dollars. Instagram, Instagram stories is even less right now. Nobody is getting that on billboards. Nobody is getting that on your more traditional advertising. I'm not saying don't do it, but I'm saying as an industry, we should take a serious look at where our dollars are going to make sure, like, unless, how many people here have like a million dollar ad budget? Nobody. So every dollar we spend needs to work like a hundred dollar bill. So with that said, um, I want to open up the floor to discussion on um, how you guys are marketing your fares. If you have questions about Facebook ads, Instagram ads, other, options of how you're producing um, your content, let's do it. Let's talk. Okay, so I'm just using a local newspaper. Yes, ma'am. really not getting it out there. Okay. Um, the newspaper is very supportive. And we, it's at no cost. So we're 
able to do that at no cost. So it's great, but it's not enough. And we're not pulling in the crowds that we want. Right. It's just the local, you know, pick up free at the store. And what's your name and what fair are you from? I'm from Sumter County Fair. And my okay. Name is Nina. Nina from Sumter County. And what's your attendance at your fair? We are still under 25. So it's a, it's a little fair. Yeah, we're very small. So here's the really cool thing. Facebook works for fairs at 25,000 or 250,000 or 2.5 million. And so one of the things you can do with Facebook as you're producing your content, um, raise your, who here does Facebook ads? Okay, now there's two ways you can do Facebook ads. Who here just publishes something and clicks boost posts? Who here actually goes in on the back end of Facebook and uses the ads manager? So that's what you wanna do is use the, go into ads manager because the really powerful thing that we can do, and because the cost is so low with Facebook, you can produce multiple pieces of content. So if you want to create a video that shows what seniors can do with the fair, what young families can do with the fair, what teenagers can do with the fair, what different demographics can do, you can go in on the back end, publish that video to those specific demographics within 50 miles or 100 miles, whatever, of your fairgrounds, and it will only go to those people. So you can differentiate your content. For so long, because we've had this middleman called television, our fair commercials across this industry as a whole have looked something like this. The county fair is coming to town. We've got all the corn dogs, ride all the rides, have all the fun you can handle, the county fair. How many of you have seen the commercial like that? All of them. We can now go in and differentiate and be like, oh, seniors day at the fair and show the quilts and show this and show that and show things they're interested in. And then only those people are going to see it. See, I mean, we use Facebook, but I didn't know any of that. Absolutely. So you can certainly do that. And you can, I'll make sure you can, we get information. Okay. You can email or text me anytime, and I'm happy to consult with you. Yes, ma'am. I've used Boost, but how technologically savvy do you have to be to do the ads manager? We've got some videos that, uh -huh. that, that, that a professional did for us. Right. Uh, is that something that would be relatively easy for somebody that didn't know a lot about it to go to ads manager and do, or do you need a professional? You don't. If you were to go to Google, in fact, even if you went to YouTube, by the way, YouTube is the second biggest search engine on the planet. For those of us who are visual, I've fixed many appliances because of YouTube, thank God. Um, if you go to Google or YouTube and say, type in, how do I use Facebook Ad Manager? Or even in Facebook itself, they have video, how-to videos. Facebook wants you to spend your money. So they make it super easy to go through and learn. There's tutorials. If you were to spend over a weekend, two hours maybe, just looking at videos and consuming content, you would be pretty well versed in how to do it. There's also the Facebook Pixel too you can put on your website, right? Yes. Yeah, so the Facebook Pixel is when you go into Ads Manager and you create the Pixel, it's a little line of code that you can copy from Facebook and you put it into your website, for example, if you're running an ad that says, here, get your, buy your mega pass or whatever, the Facebook pixel goes on your ticket page. So what happens is someone goes, Derek goes to, sees your ad, clicks on it, goes and looks at the prices and goes, okay, I need to talk to my wife about what day we're gonna go, but doesn't buy a ticket. Because that pixel is now connected to his account, 
that ad will keep popping up over and over and over again. It will chase him all over the internet until he converts. You guys ever seen that before where you go to a website and the next thing you know you're seeing an ad and you're like, how did they know? That's how they know. Google's got a pixel and Facebook, it's, it's a back-end advertising identifier. Um, and, and so basically one of three things is going to happen. Either he's going to convert and buy your ticket, he's going to click a drop-down menu and eventually tell, tell you, stop showing me this ad or your event date's going to pass. So you're, at that point, it becomes um, a remarketing tool that you don't even, you don't have to keep sending ads out that Facebook's doing it for you. So before you drive by the billboard and maybe you drive by it again on your way to, again back to work, right. now you're driving by, you have somebody actually who wanted to go to your website because they wanted to go there. Sure. Now they weren't sure what to do, what to buy, what to see, and they're being retargeted because they were interested in the first place, that person right. is going to be the person who is going to be right. team. Exactly. Other questions? What about Instagram? Instagram. Instagram is super powerful. It's the number one social media platform right now. Um, so Instagram is owned by Facebook, so all of the ads on Instagram are still operated through Facebook's ads manager, so you only got to do it one place. If you want to do something only on Instagram when you get in on the back end ads manager, you can just go in and tell it, put it out on Instagram, or from Instagram, you can take a post and promote it from within Instagram, and it'll still give you those, those targeting abilities. The reason I really recommend doing the back-end ads manager over top of just boosting is that ability to differentiate among different demographics, because otherwise, if you just publish posts and click boost, when people go to your Facebook page, it's just a mess of posts and ads everywhere. The thing with the, because what you can do, and this is what I hadn't mentioned before, when you're in Ads Manager, you can, and I forget what the phrasing, it used to be called unpublish this post. I think it's now uh, dark post, something they call it. There's a button you click, and what happens is the ad goes out, but it will only go out to those people. It's not visible on your page itself. So that way your page doesn't get cluttered with all sorts of ad content, it stays hidden. That's like that one key right there is one of the absolute things, it's absolute magic with Facebook because now you could differentiate. Because we create, I'll be straight up, a lot of the commercials I see, I go to conventions all over, I see award-winning commercials and I see all white people in the post, or in the commercial. And it's like we can differentiate because different demographics, different people enjoy the fair differently. So we can get into, if we think about how they respond as human beings, you create that ad, you send it out, you have way more power over what you're, what you're doing. Um, which then, I, who here brings me to the next thing? Who here does online ticketing? Okay, good. So um, I know we're kind of, as an industry, in this transition from where it used to be where go to Walgreens <laughs> to get your, get your tickets. We now are transitioning over to online. Um, I know that having worked at Osceola County this year, um, it, they ended up going cold turkey because they had been using Walgreens for a number of years to sell their ride bands. And then they said, well, we're going to, I think they use Sapphire. So they go to Sapphire. I know Miranda was worried that, well, are all these people who for the last 10 or 15 years have been buying our tickets at Walgreens, are they going to be able to, do they know where to go? And they ended up being up like 4 or 5% over what they were last year. And what Miranda discovered, and a lot of people in our industry are discovering, is that we are worrying about, man, if we go online, is our audience going to follow us? 
And then we go online and we find out, oh, our audience was already there waiting for us. Um, so if you're doing online ticketing, use the Facebook pixel for sure, because then you can do retargeting. It's very powerful. If you're not sure exactly how it works, again, Google and YouTube, how do I utilize the Facebook pixel? Who, who's using Instagram regularly? OK, cool. So how many of you, fairs in particular, are actively engaging with, your, um, with people on Instagram? Like how many are, are you going out and are you, when people are posting photos of the fair, are you engaging, saying great photo, really appreciate you posting that, things like that. That matters. Because here's, here's one of the real, um, real treats with Instagram. They have a search function. So you open Instagram. In fact, I will show you right here right now. You open Instagram and you can search for your fair by location. And so if I type in, Maryland State Fair. On the search function, if I click places, it'll bring up the Maryland State Fair. If I tap on it, it'll load up all these photos of people that have posted from the Maryland State Fair. I think it would be really smart of fairs, and I know, especially during fair time, you guys are wall to wall. They're like nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. But if you go into these photos and you click on them, these people may not even be your followers but click on them and then from the official account and say, great photo, glad you had a great time at the fair. You know, you might have, you will find photos of, oh, my son got to ride, they're finally tall enough to ride the roller coaster, it was awesome. And you go in and you gauge and ask a question of them. Say, what was your favorite thing to do at the fair? You'll get instant feedback. If you search your hashtag or search your fair's location, it will start to give you an idea of what at the fair is really hidden and really not. Because when people see something really cool, they like to put it on Instagram. And the coolest part about responding too for the fair is, is that person feels like, oh my goodness, like the fair literally responded to me. You, can you got it. Picture people going, look, they responded. Yeah. Engagement is key for yeah. sure. Yeah, absolutely. And the neat thing about it too, like we looked through it this year and there was one person, they were taking these photos and we reached out to him and said hey if we give you a season pass for next year will you come volunteer take photos ah, and give them all to there us you go. for free for your entrance in the fair they're like absolutely we would right. love to so that's going to give us all new marketing material and when you have somebody that's yeah. really really good at doing photos like that like that especially when and this is it, I think a lot of, and I get it, a lot of businesses and brands think well I don't want to reach out and ask he's just going to say no and he said no, or he's gonna want a thousand bucks a photo and go find the next guy. Someone's gonna do it for a season pass or for a corn dog or for, you know. So if you can get somebody to help you build really good quality content, do it. Another thing, this is your story, you told relayed to me at IFE if I can share that about Snapchat. So last year at convention, I, um, there was a uh, panel discussion and I, ended up talking at the end for like 90 seconds about Snapchat. Anybody here utilize Snapchat for their fair? Okay, cool. So a lot of the fairs, people just don't get it because it does tend to skew way younger. It's like 13 to 25 demo. I think, and you alluded to this a little bit during that panel discussion, super important to reach out to that 13 to especially 19 demographic because my attitude is, well, a 16-year-old 
may not be worth much now. They become 27 with a family of their own real fast and they're all living on Snapchat. And so the idea I had last year was rather than just put a Snapchat geo filter before I go on, anybody not know what a geo filter is? Awesome. So when you use Snapchat, you take a photo and when you swipe, there's a little image that can come across the screen. And it might say Orlando, Florida, or it might say Disney World, or whoever the sp sponsored um, filter is in that area. And the way you create those is you create an image, like in Photoshop, and then you upload it to Snapchat, and they let you create a geo. There, she got an example of hers. Montgomery County. So somebody, she took a picture of that cow, and as she swiped, it said Montgomery County Agricultural Fair. And so what people do in the Snapchat world is they take that, and they swipe and they go, oh, I'm at the Maryland State Fair, I'm at Disney World. They apply it to the photo and they send it out so all their friends, it becomes like a caption. But really, it's a billboard that every set of eyes is looking at. So while we're spending thousands, tens of thousands of dollars on billboards that people are not seeing because they're looking down at their phones, even when they're driving, let's be honest, those little geo filters can go really, really cheap. So my thought was, instead of just putting it over your fairgrounds, because when you upload it, it gives you a little Google map and you draw little dots around your fairgrounds, your prime areas, not your parking lots or whatever, and it creates a geofence based on um, your GPS coordinates. So anybody's phone that's inside that area, that little image will pop up on their Snapchat. So my thought was, why don't we, as, a, as fairs, produce those, and then, like, as an example, if you have a student day on Wednesday of your fair, Monday and Tuesday, put a student day at the fair geofilter over every high school in your town, in your county, you're in, within five miles. With, you can do that. And let me tell you what, when you go drop it over a high school, you can spend as little as $5 for like two to five hours. It costs nothing to put them over it. And what does, what does every 16-year-old during class, during passing period, at lunch, what are they all doing? In the middle of class, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all using Snapchat. And so that can help drive attendance to your fair for your student day or whatever. It doesn't have to just be over your location. Now, you might be thinking, huh, well, you know, we're the Florida State Fair or we're the Maryland State Fair. What if we put it over Camden Yards or a Baltimore Ravens game? you're gonna spend like 2,000 bucks an hour minimum. Snapchat knows where the stadiums are and where that attention is worth more. Remember I talked about overpriced, accurately priced, and underpriced attention. So I gave this idea last year. Laura hears it, she comes up to me at IFE and relays to me that, hey, we tried that. And I'm like, oh God, don't tell me it didn't work. But what ended up happening? So I created two filters, one for our upper ground, which is more animal friendly, one for our lower ground, which is more of our entertainment. Did it for two different times, the times did overlap. Um, so essentially we had a filter on our grounds at all times during our hours of operation. I paid about $1,000 to have it for nine days, mm -hmm. and we got three quarters of a million views. Wow. 75 cents per thousand views of attention. So for every thousand people that looked at that thing, she spent 75 cents. That is how you make a dollar work like a hundred dollar bill and create awareness for our industry. Could you tell me those numbers again? So I paid a thousand dollars, but 
realistically, you're spending, you know, I'm spending one chunk for upper grounds, one chunk for a lot, right. but over the nine days of doing that, um, it was about $1,000, and we got three quarters of a million views. Yep. And Snapchat will email you at the end of when that yeah, clock times out. It, it, takes, like, it takes like 48 hours for a total update. This many times. How many times it was seen. Right. Yeah, you have, you have data at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the other thing. For so many fairs, it just, it's just organic discovery. So imagine what would happen if they'd had 15 or, and I don't know how big your grounds are, 10 signs, 20 signs around that says, check out our Snapchat filter. If everybody, as they took tickets, said, hey, if you have Snapchat, check our filter, and it started, all of a sudden, that 750,000 views would be 1.7 million views. It's a testament to how many people are actually organically going to these media. Oh, yes. Again, they're there waiting for us. And I've heard the argument, but you know, the people that come to our fair are older. They're not really on this thing. Guys, Happy Norris from the Lake County Fair posts about his tractor on Facebook all the time. He's there. And the difference is, okay, think about this, and this is not an insult to anyone who's older, but this is how Laura goes through a feed, Derek goes through, I go through a feed. This is how the 57-year-old and 62-year-old go through a feed. <laughs> so you're actually, a lot of brands are getting way higher conversions through Facebook between like the 45 to 65 demographic because they just, they consume the content still. Like, you remember, some of you youngsters in the room won't remember this, but when email first came out, Becky, you remember, I remember, we read every word. Yes, it was like, oh, I got an email. I got, whole. the prince of Nigeria wants to give me $1.5 billion. <laughs> now we're like, if the, sub, the first four words of the subject don't impress this, it's like delete, 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 delete. But there is, that, that demographic on Facebook goes through much more slowly. I want to throw in yes. one other thing that I just learned was last month's management conference. Um, I never knew this. If you are a nonprofit fair, you have to go through the paperwork, but Google will provide you with $10,000 a month in Google advertising. I, th I think it's AdWords. Yep. I just started the process, so I haven't fully finished it. So while you're getting $120,000 a year in advertising, you still either have to know yourself how to do it, or you're going to have to hire somebody to manage that and do it for you. Right. That is a powerful thing for $120,000 free advertising on Google. Google so AdWords, yeah. If yep. you're having, you know, the older demographic who might not be on Instagram or Snapchat, they're definitely using Google. For at sure. Some point. Yeah. Um, do, do you guys know what, anybody not know what Google AdWords, not familiar with it? Okay, so Google AdWords, you can purchase a, a search term. So for example, you might purchase um, Lake County Fair. I would not purchase County Fair in general because it's probably a, you know, a six dollar per click word or something phrase something like that but if you purchased lake county fair uh you know eustace florida or something like that when people search lake county fair florida your thing's going to come up on top you're paying to get up on the top on sponsor content and it's a pay-per-click deal so i wasn't aware of that but at ten thousand dollars if you're getting ten thousand dollars of clicks if your word is a $3 a click phrase, so everybody that searches that, that clicks on it, charges your account three bucks. If they're giving you $10,000 worth of it, 
Oh my. And you have to be a nonprofit, and there's yep. all these steps. You gotta fill out this paperwork. Give them <laughs> I'm your, out. <laughs> you know, tax ID number. They run it all through, and then they'll send you an email. Congratulations, you actually are a nonprofit. These are the next steps. Wow, excellent. Um, that's amazing. So Google AdWords, nonprofit, and there's and some Google will come up with the information that wow. Cool. Cool. Like I said, I haven't done it yet, but I've started the, the paperwork process. So. Yep. Any other questions? I think we got about like a minute and a half, two minutes to go. Anybody else? Anybody overwhelmed? It is, it can be. So let me just give you guys this. It is important to start pushing out content on a regular basis from our fairs. Because one of the things that Facebook, um, their algorithm does, if you're not posting, and I see a lot of fairs do this, the two weeks or the month before the fair, during the fair, there's content everywhere. And then they're done for the next 45 or 50 weeks. The problem is, Facebook then goes, oh, this page is inactive. And when you start posting again, they don't show it to as many people. So keep your content up. The reason this really matters, telling your story with your community, not just about your fair, not just to sell a ride band or to sell a ticket to your fair. The number of fairs here in Florida that helped with disaster relief that were staging areas after the hurricanes for power companies, Sarasota was one of them. They're putting these stories out. If you convince your community that you are worth having there, then when your state legislatures go, oh, you know, we need to cut the fair fund, you have a community that will rally there for you. The other reason that I, and I don't mean to leave this on a kind of a dark note, that I think it's very important to tell our stories is because the Humane Society of the United States and PETA will slash our throats at the first opportunity they get. If they're the only ones stepping to the mic doing the talking and they are using Facebook very well, they're gonna win the, win the discussion. So make sure we share content, share our stories, and show what we're really worth to our communities. So college or high school volunteer interns. There are people that do that. The one caveat I have on this, make sure there's someone that may, they're in a business program, they're in a marketing program, because it's real easy to say, oh, well, you know, We'll have John's nephew, who's a board member, he's 19. We'll just, he knows how to do all this Facebook stuff. We'll just have him do it. The problem is most 19-year-old guys aren't using this for marketing and telling the story. They're using it to try and pick up chicks. <laughs> Oh, I would think you could make, you could cause some serious damage if you were having them do, if they're good at it, six to eight, maybe 10 hours a week. I mean, if you really want excellent produ produced content, that may take a little bit more time, but so much content. Yeah, I would say, honestly, like for them, for most younger people that are really adept, like, six to ten hours a week I mean because a lot of them can do produce if they have the right tools right produce a great quality video right here with the iPhone edit it on the iPhone and upload it the other thing you can do too 
is you can have, if they say they were to only come in once a week or something, you can have them post date. Uh, yeah, you can have them pre-schedule stuff. Pre-schedule yep. uh, posts, so when they're not there, your post is still going out. For sure. And one final thing, since we're closing here, if you're not captioning your videos that go out on social media, start putting captions on them. Here's a stat for you. 85% of video consumed online is with the sound off. And you're sitting here looking at me going, wait, what? And I said the same thing when Sarah showed me a video that was so funny and I didn't get it because she had the sound off. But that's how it is. So if you can caption videos, your response on the videos will go up tremendously. Hey, podcast family. I greatly appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast, and I would be thrilled if you would go ahead and give it a rating. Also, if you found value in this podcast, please share it with your friends. The more you share it, the more the podcast grows. See ya.